Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. This message began with a severe rebuke from the Lord. I'll share it with you in the middle of this, of this message. Um, it got me in the Word. My grandson, Miles, and I, we get together on Mondays, and uh, I mentor him to some extent. He's another one. He's coming. He is. Um, And so we talked about this a little bit, and and then uh, I told him about how the Lord rebuked me about something. It's it's funny, but but it's not funny either. Um, But listen... The church, we, we, need, we need to get to a place that we quit hanging on to this world so strong. And I'll share with you what I'm referring to. We've, I've told Margie not long ago, I said, we've come to a place that we're so in love with this present world that we don't want Jesus to come back. Some, some of us do, you know. Um, but... I began to study and look into some things, and I'll tell you what, I got, I got so excited. Brother Mark, if I wasn't old, I would have run real fast. But I want to start in Romans this morning. Right. And, and, uh, uh, I, and now this is a little bit of what uh, Pastor Mark calls a splatter message. <laughs> Anybody know what a splatter message is? It's where you just preach about everything, you know. And so, but I have to do it to a certain extent for you to understand the, the purpose behind this message. Uh, so, but look at Romans um, chapter 8. Good chapter. <laughs> good chapter. They're all good, aren't they? Before I'm finished, some of you are going to look at me a little odd. Some of you probably won't believe this. I'm going to love you just the same. As Brother Dale Begley used to say, if you don't believe the way I do, it's okay. God will forgive you. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Glory to God. Father, we thank you so much for your word. It is the promise of hope that we have in Christ Jesus our Lord because there is no other hope in him. But Lord Jesus, my, 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 the promises that are given to the church, the glory that is coming for the church, all that you have in store for your children is so mighty and wonderful and amazing. I pray you would help me this morning to share just what little that I might scratch the surface that you have revealed to me. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 8. Let's begin with, um, it's all good. Let's begin with verse 11. If the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. He's actually referring to the resurrection. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. 
For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. You're going to be separated from God if we live after the flesh. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now, a lot of times we read the Scriptures, and I'm going to read some very familiar Scriptures today. And so many times, brother, we just read right over them and don't really catch what's being said. He said that as many of us that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. God's own children. Verse 15, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. We haven't, we're not under the law now. We don't serve God because we know if we don't, He's going to kill us. We serve Him now because of love. We serve Him now because we've received something. And we don't, we don't serve God, the spirit of bondage again, to fear. But, we, but, ye, but we, ye have received the spirit of adoption. The Spirit, a Holy Ghost of adoption. The Spirit of adoption, capital S. The Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit has adopted you. Whereby we cry, Abba, Father. That word is hard to translate. It's it's like daddy, all right? It's a very endearing term. It means, we, we don't have a word for it. The closest word we have for it is Daddy. Marjean never calls her dad, dad. It's always daddy. Dear to her heart. We can call our father daddy because he's dear to our heart and we're dear to his heart. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. I know that I'm a child of God. I know it because he tells me so. He, he, he bears witness with my spirit, and my spirit bears witness with his spirit. Sometimes, don't ask me why, but sometimes just out of the blue for no reason at all whatsoever, I'll just feel his presence come over me. Paul said in Ephesians that what that was was, was the, the, the taste of or the warranty of or the guarantee of him coming after me. Yes. <laughs> I think I'm preaching better than you're shouting. Every time you feel His Spirit, that's the guarantee. He loves you and He loves me and He's coming after us. And if children, okay, we know where His is because we feel His Spirit and our Spirit, His Spirit bears with our Spirit that we are the children of God. Verse 17. And if children, then heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. We are heirs of God Himself, and we are joint heirs. We are a joint heir with Jesus Christ Himself. Uh, we are brothers. He is, the Bible says He is not ashamed to call us brethren. We are His brothers and sisters. We have the same inheritance waiting for us. It sounds impossible, but we have the same inheritance waiting for us that He has. That's what it says. Joint heirs with Christ. Now, I don't like this, but <laughs> I have to read it because it's in here. If, if so be that we suffer with Him, that we may also be also glorified with Him. If we're not willing to suffer persecution, if we're not willing to take a stand, no matter what the cost, 
then we'll, if we're not, if we're, listen, if we're not, if we won't carry our cross, we won't get any glory. But if we will carry our cross, if we'll bear our cross, if we'll bear His cross, if we will suffer with Him. When somebody gives you what for it, well, God bless you anyway. Okay? Little, I'm kind of puny today. I'm kind of, well, that, that's all right. Hang in there. Suffer a little bit. It won't hurt you. The Bible even mentions a ministry of suffering. It does. It even mentions a ministry of suffering. Watch this, okay? And then, if we're willing to suffer, we'll be glorified together. Watch verse 18. Here we go. Watch this. Now, he's going to talk about the glory to come. For I reckon, Paul says, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. He says, whatever you have to go through, you, it's not, you can't even compare it to the glory that's coming. For the earnest expectation of the creature, that really means creation, the earnest expectation of the creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature, that again is creation, was not, was made, uh, for the creature was made subject to vanity. Not willingly. We're, we don't want to be this way. <laughs> but we're created like we are. We have to battle this flesh. But, but, and, and we're not like this willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. The same guy that created us like this has given us a hope in Christ that will never be the same again. Because the creature itself, and there again it's in reference to nature or all of creation, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption. That's talking about growing old and even dying and decaying. It's going to be delivered from that into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Even all of nature and all of creation waits for something. Now watch, the reason I know I'm right here is because what he says in the next verse. And not only they, not only all of creation and nature, but ourselves also, we, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. That means that we have a foretaste of the blessed things of God. We feel that just the foretaste of the blessed things of God. What's the Amplified say right there, Marjean? The foretaste? Of the blissful things to come. That's what the first fruits of the Spirit means. We have the first fruits of the Spirit, which means a foretaste of the blissful things to come. Even we ourselves groan with ourselves, waiting for the adoption of wit. To wit, or what's he mean? The redemption of our body. Okay, let me read verse 23 again. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption. What kind of an adoption? What, what's he talking about? That's what to wit means. It means, what's he talking about? The redemption of our body. Okay, your spirit is redeemed. You're redeemed. You're saved. I mean from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. But your body is not. We haven't been redeemed yet. The body hasn't been redeemed yet. That's the reason it gets sick. That's the reason why we get old. That's the reason why that you get to where you can't see. Because the body hasn't been redeemed yet. If it was, we would be just like back in the original creation in the Garden of Eden, we'd never die. We'd never grow old. Okay? 
So we're waiting for something. Now, okay, but we have been adopted. When Paul wrote that, he was living under Roman law. This is just a short summary of it because it's, it's a long list. But adoption under Roman law, when you were adopted by a Roman, you didn't, the old man didn't even exist anymore. In other words, if a Roman adopted you and you were his son, you became his son, you, your name was changed, you were not even the same person, who you were, were not even, wasn't even considered anymore, you had a brand new life and you belonged to him and to him only and you also had every, every, every right that his son by blood had. You have been adopted. <laughs> We've been adopted by God Almighty. We have every right that His Son has. We are a brother to Jesus Christ. Well, I sure don't feel like it. I don't either, but it's coming. It's coming. Okay, what's going on? The manifestation of the sons of God hasn't happened yet. Now, just hang in there with me. You're adopted. We belong to the Lord. But the manifestation of that hasn't, hasn't happened yet. In the spirit, yes. Yeah. But the manifestation is a different story. Now, um, let's look at Timothy for a minute because i I got I to gotta share something else here. I, I, I'm getting ahead of myself. Go to Timothy, if you would, please. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4 and around, around verse 8. <clears throat> 2 Timothy chapter 4. And if, if memory serves me right, if you back up just a little bit, Paul's talking about he's facing death. Okay? So he's talking to Timothy. And he says to Timothy, he said, uh, uh, and I'll just I'll paraphrase it. I can't quote it word for word. But he says this. He says, uh, uh, I, uh, I've, I'm ready to be offered up. He said, I've fought a good fight. I've, I've kept the faith. I'm ready to be offered up. And he said, uh, uh, he said uh, the Lord's going to give me a crown uh, in that day. And, he said, and then he said, and not only me, but he said he's going to give a crown of righteousness to all them that what? His what? Okay. He's going to give this crown to all that love His appearing. What did I say when I started? Some of us don't want Him to come. We're, in too, we're too in love with this present world. Okay? Now, here, here's the reason that, that I've been seeing this. And it's in the church. Don't you think it's not? But some time back, a woman told me, said this. She said, I don't want Jesus to come. And I said, what? She said, no. She said... I want to see my grandchildren grow up and, and have good lives. And I said, <laughs> I said, evidently you don't know what kind of life they're going to have after Jesus comes. But if you go down, if you just drop down a little further in that scripture, Paul says this. He says, um, what's his name? Mark, help me, that left. Demas. Demas. He says, Demas has left me being in love with this present world. Okay? He left. He, in other words, he loved the world so much 
that he's not going to follow the Lord anymore. He's just going to go back. And and somebody else left. Read it for me, brother. Demoth. Demas has forsaken me. And went to Thessalonica. Having loved this present world, it's part of Thessalonica. Cretans to Galatia. Yeah. Titus unto Dalmatia. Only Luke. Luke is with me. They all left. Only one left is Luke. And they left for the love of this present world. Okay? Now, I have to say this because um, if I don't, down the road here, you're going to get the wrong idea. I have absolutely no doubt whatsoever in my mind that we are supposed to enjoy life. Life. I play. I still, I'll play till I'm dead, until I can't play. But I've always. Now that was, that was listen, that was something that the devil worked on me with. When I, one of the reasons that I wouldn't get saved, <laughs> and just bear with me, was because I was raised old, line, holiness, Pentecost. It was a sin to go to the grocery store. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm telling you, it was horrible. You know, and I would see the General Baptist, boy, they loved the Lord. They just having fun and having a big time. And, I, and old holiness, Pentecost, you couldn't even smile. Right. It was awful. And so I thought, well, I don't want to get saved. I can't have any fun at all. I like to play cowboys and Indians. <laughs> gotcha. You know. Gotcha. Well, I can't do that. That's like, like you're killing somebody. And the devil just absolutely beat me to death with that. Well, when I finally gave my life to the Lord, I found out that that was all baloney. And God wants you to have a good time. Amen. He wants you to enjoy life. That's right. He said Himself even that He came to give you life and, and that more abundant. You know. <laughs> okay? Now, so that I want to settle. Okay? There, there's a story in Luke that I take it a little different than some, but there's a story in Luke and Jesus gives this uh, example, this, this little, little uh, uh, parable. He says that there was a, a rich man. He had very fertile ground and he said, he said it brought forth plenty and it did good. And he said, uh, he thought, well, I don't know what to do. Uh, my barns are all full. And he said, here, I've got this wondrous uh, crop now. <sighs> Well, I'll tell you what I'm just going to do. I'm just going to tear them barns down and then build great big ones and I'm going to fill them up and just and, and then I'm just going to lay back and say, take your ease. He wasn't doing anything. He wasn't enjoying any of it. He just wanted more. He wasn't sharing it. He wasn't, he wasn't doing anything. By the way, you don't have to go to Ethiopia to find the poor. Right. That's right. You, you, can, you can help somebody that lives behind you. Amen. Okay? But he said, he, Jesus said, he said, I'm just going to take my ease. Now, here's what Christ said. He said, this is the way it is. In the next verse or two, he said, this is the way it is who, with those who are not rich in God. Now, did you get that? That's the reason the man wasn't satisfied. That's why he wasn't happy. God didn't care what he did and what kind of, if he enjoyed life. But he said the reason he wasn't was because he wasn't rich in God. All he had was his money and his crops, and he just wanted more, 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 more. 
wasn't enjoying what he had even. I tell this to Margene once in a while. If we're not going to enjoy what we've got, we might as well be broke. That's right. <laughs> Did you catch that? Buddy Grubb said, I'm not leaving any for my kids. I'm spending every dime of it. I'm not leaving anything for them to fight over. <laughs> so I want, I want to settle that, that God doesn't want you in bondage. Okay? And I, and I finish that with this. The main reason that we need to learn that we... That we we need to have a life and enjoy life is because you're not going to win anybody sitting in church. You're not. Do you know that Jesus had to scatter the disciples to get them to get out there and minister? Because they would have stayed right there and shouted in Jerusalem because of what happened to them. I've probably won more people playing than I have preaching. Winning souls, I, know, I told you a splatter message. Winning souls is like planting a garden. First thing you do, you've got to prepare the soil. So what do I do if I've got this guy, there's a guy lived behind us, we, I, won't, I won't tell the whole story, but the very thing happened. Guy lived behind us, you've got to prepare the soil. If, if you don't get that person to have confidence in you, he has to get to know you. He, has, he, gets, he, he sees your life. He sees your life, okay? And so you gain confidence. What are you doing? You're preparing the soil. And when you get that soil prepared, then you can sow some seed. And when you, then after you sow the seed, well, well then you, you water it with prayer. You water it with prayer, and eventually you're going to get to reap the harvest. But if he, if he doesn't know you and he doesn't know who you are and you, and you walk up to him and say, Brother, you, what you need, you need Jesus Christ in your life. And he's going to think, I don't even know who you are. And, and, but listen, when you're out there and you're, um, um, I know I'm saying among them, now you can't win them, listen to me, you can't win a drunk by drinking with him. You're not going to win a prostitute laying with her. Anybody here? But when it says to be separate and come ye out from among them, it's talking about coming out from among their sin. Yeah, that's right. Don't You can't waller in their sin and, and win them. Right. When they see your life and when they see the peace that you have and when they see what Christ can do in your life, Amen. then they'll listen to you. Right. It's been proven over and over and over and over. Some of you know Bob Shepard. Remember Bob Shepard. Talk about a miracle. But when God did something in that man's life and then others saw what happened to him, they knew there without a shadow of a doubt, this thing is real. I said, this thing is real. Glory to God. Now, so, God wants you to enjoy life. Okay, so what's Paul talking about then if he says this present world? Well, when he says this present world, actually, actually, uh, John, the, probably the closest person to Jesus Christ, you, you read about him, he's laying with his head on Jesus' chest, and, and he's, he always says, that disciple whom Jesus loved, talking about himself, you know. And so he, he says this, he, he says that in, in, first, in first John Wait a minute, I wrote it down. In 1 John, I think I did, chapter 
2. Yeah, verses 15 along there. He says this. He says that, that, the lo- that if you have the love of the world in you, you don't have the love of the Father. Okay? Now, then he tells us what that is. Because we say, well, what is that? Well, he tells us what it is. He says, for this is the love of the world. This is what the love of the world is. He says, it's the lust of the flesh. Okay? Lust of the flesh. You <laughs> and, and I'm going to be plain with you. That's talking sensual. You can't have every woman you see. <laughs> you can't have every man that you see. You know, you know, they always want to blame the men. You notice I get the women in on this too. Thank you. Sir. Yeah, yeah, right. mm, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I learned that a long, I learned a long time ago. Mom, this is what mom used to say. Mom used to say, the only thing honorier than a bunch of men is a bunch of women. <laughs> She'd just tell on you, you know. The, the next thing was the, the lust of the eyes. And that actually what that's talking about in the Amplified means greed. That we can't have everything we see. Don't try to get everything you see, the lust of your eyes. Don't just constantly, well, I want more, I want more. That's the rich man, wanting more, more, more. Okay, the, and the last thing he said that was the, of the world was the, the pride of life. Okay, what's the pride of life? The pride of life is that I am so self-sustaining that I don't need anything, just like the church at Laodicea. And I'm also just a little higher than the rest of you. Now, I know you all think you're special, but I'm, that's what the pride of life is, okay? You know, you're welcome in my house, but that guy over there, he don't even clean up very often. Okay, that's the pride of life, too. That's the love of the world. And John says, if that's what you're wanting, and if that's what you love, that's of the world, not of the Father. Okay. Now, (laughs) um, give the Lord a hand while I thank get a drink. One of the things that I try to do, and, and whether you believe this or not, I am really headed somewhere here. One of the things that I try real hard to do is, is Proverbs, I think it's chapter 3, where it says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. I try very hard to do that, especially verse 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. I wonder what in the world's going to happen here in the United States. I don't know, but don't lean to your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Amen. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. And in all thy ways, okay, in all thy ways acknowledge Him, no matter what it is. If you're planting a garden, Lord, thank you for the food. Blessed be thou, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, who brings forth bread from the earth. <laughs> Acknowledge Him. Racing the go-kart, Lord, thank you for the ability. Thank you for the gift. Keep your hand on me. Acknowledge Him. In how many of the ways? All of them. It's that simple. In children, it is. It's just that simple. Praising there's a song that says, I simply serve, I simply live for you. In all I have ways, acknowledge him. And what? He shall direct your paths. 
He shall direct your paths. That is the recipe of spiritual life and actually prosperity, peace, love. That, that is actually the recipe for it right there. Hallelujah. But this life, now I'm, going, now I'm taking off, but this life compared to the glory that God has in store for us is absolutely nothing. It, I don't care. I don't care if I don't care if you are the richest man in Gibson County. It's nothing compared to what God has in store for us. Whatever you do, wherever you go, whatever that you are involved in, and however much fun it is, it is absolutely nothing compared to eternity and what and what God has in store for His church. There will never be, there will never be another people. There never have been, and there never will be another body of people like the church of Jesus Christ. Never. Never. It is a special, we're a special race. A special people. A kingdom of priests. And there'll never be. Never was and never never will be. (laughs) The church is special in the eyes of God. And, and And we are a creation like no other. Turn, turn to uh, Corinthians, a uh, very familiar scripture in Corinthians. Um, I'm a little ahead of myself, but that's okay. 2 Corinthians 5.17, we know it. We know the scripture. He that is in Christ is a new creature. You read it, brother. You got it there. <laughs> What are you leaning back for? <laughs> Therefore, if anyone in, is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Okay. Now read. Are you there too? Read that out of the Amplified. That's, that's pretty close though. Read that. Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ the Messiah. Now remember I said you was adopted. You're in Christ. Go ahead. He is a new creation. Okay. A new creature they, altogether. Thank you. Listen to this. Now, we, we read over it. Listen to it. Start over. Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ the Messiah, he is a new creation, a new creature altogether. The old, previous, moral, and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. If you're in Christ, you are a new creation. Not just a new creature. A new creation. You're something that has never been before. And it never will be again. It's an altogether brand new thing that God has never had never done before. Even when He created Adam and, and, and breathed life into his nostrils and Adam became a, became a, 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 a living soul... Still, what you are is something He has never, ever done before. And you're not going to really realize what it is until the manifestation of the sons of God. I'm telling you, it's glorious the more you study and read. Hallelujah. Now, 
the rebuke. I don't want to forget to share that. I told you, I've played all my life. I've got a 67 Camaro. It's a drag race car. (laughs) My sister, she's one of the most negative people ever. (laughs) She found out that I had bought a 67 Camaro and was going to start drag racing again because I did when I was young. I was very good at it when I was young. That was 50 years ago. So she finds out that I've bought a 67 Camaro and I'm going to go drag racing. And she says... Go on drag racing at 75 years old. If that's not tempting God, I don't know what is. <laughs> now I'm 76. I said, I said to Margie, I said, why couldn't she just say, huh, well, I'll pray that you'll do good and God will keep you safe and I hope you have a good time. No, no, it's... <laughs> so anyhow, anyhow, I'm working on the car. And I'm sitting in the car, okay? No engine in it. We're building an engine, waiting on parts. Everybody is waiting on parts for something. We waited on pistons for three months. I'm sitting in the car, see? And I'm still a little boy. I'm, boy, I'm getting with it practically. And I said, I said, Lord, I know from the signs of time, you're going to be coming soon but I sure would like to race this car. (laughs) Now, God is my witness. I didn't hear an audible voice, Brother Mark, but it went off in my head. It just went off in my head like a bomb. He said, are you kidding me? (laughs) I'm telling you, he spoke. He said, are you kidding me? You are comparing that to the glory that I have waiting for you and you are comparing. Are you? He just kept saying, are you kidding me? There's nothing wrong with what I was going to do and what I'm going to do. It's okay. But I compared it to... Are you hearing me? I compared it to the glory. Are you kidding me? Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has in store for them that love Him. And Paul goes on from that and he mentions something. He mentions the deep things of God. He talks about, it's because it says, after that it says that we haven't seen it or it into our heart, but it says, but He has revealed them unto us by His Spirit. Yeah. And it says, even the deep things of God. Let's talk about some deep things of God. Whew. Glory to God. Now, when, now when, uh, when Paul said that, eyes not seen, ears not heard, he was quoting uh, Isaiah chapter 64, and I think it's verse 4, but, but he was quoting that, okay? Now, when he did that, when Isaiah did that and wrote that, then in the next chapter, in chapter 5, he shares something that just blows your mind. Margene, amplified, please go to, go to, and those of you that want to read with us, this is amazing. 
Now, I have to do this for you to understand where I'm headed. <laughs> In Isaiah chapter 20, uh, 65, chapter 65, and verse 17, I'm going to start with verse 17. Now, the King James Version talks about God creating a new heaven and a new earth. Okay. First of all, if he's talking about a new heaven and a new earth, we know that this is after the millennium. Because the thou- some of you, with knowing Brother Mark, you probably already know what I'm going to tell you, but I'm going to tell you anyway. And if you already heard it, just act like you don't know. <laughs> if, if he's talking about a new heaven and a new earth, it has to be after the millennium. Because the thousand-year millennial reign, when we come back and rule and reign with Jesus Christ on the earth, that is back to this earth, this natural earth. Read for me, please. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth. I create new heavens and a new earth. Okay. Now, the Hebrew has no word for uh, like cosmos and space. Okay? So heaven and earth is used. But it literally means a new universe. That's what it literally means. I create a new heavens and earth, a new universe. Read on. And the former things shall not be remembered or come into mind. It's all going to be gone. won't even be remembered. Starting over. Do you know we don't know how many times God started this thing over? We don't. The, the, uh, the scholars say that even in the very beginning of Genesis where it says, you know, in the beginning, they say there's a big space in there that they don't understand. I believe in pre-Adamites, in other words, before Adam. But the devil was also involved in a lot of that. That's another story. Where did the, where did the dino- We know there's dinosaurs. We know there was. Okay. Found, found their bones. Dinosaur age. You know that the book of Hebrews says that God created the worlds, plural, and the Amplified says ages. He started it over again with Noah. (laughs) Didn't he? Okay. Now, so he's going to do it again. This time, whole new universe. Go ahead. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. Be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. Go ahead. For behold, I create Jerusalem... He's going, remember, he's going to create a new Jerusalem. Remember, in Revelation, going to be a new Jerusalem. So he's going to create a new Jerusalem. Go ahead. And I will rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. I will rejoice and be glad in my people. In fact, do you know that God said that he put his name at Jerusalem? Yep. He said he put his name there. That, abs- that represents that he dwells there. He, he's, he's, uh, his, his presence is there. Go ahead. And the sound of weeping will no more be heard in it for the cry of distress. Okay, not in Jerusalem. Now get that. See, don't read over it. No more weeping in Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Go ahead. There shall no more be in it an infant who lives but a few days. No more, more, no more little children dying, being born, something wrong with them, and they die. Or an old man who dies prematurely. Or an old man who... Do you, do you, well, never mind. She's going to read it. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> For the child shall die a hundred years old, and the sinner who dies when only a hundred years old shall be thought only as a child. 
cut off because he is accursed. Okay, I want you to read that again. Okay. For the child shall die a hundred years old, and the sinner who dies when, o when only a hundred years old shall be thought only a child cut off because he is accursed. Okay, now remember what that said. Now remember, that's not heaven. That's not heaven. That's a whole new, new universe. Whole new thing. That, there's only way, one way to have kids. <laughs> what did it say? Children. Going to be children born. There'll be life. People grow up. No more, no more kids dying Later on, like a, uh, if it's aborted, not aborted, but I had a miscarriage. Okay, read ahead. They shall build houses and inhabit them, and they shall plant vineyards and eat fruit of them. Okay, and now what that's in reference to is the bank won't come and get it. <laughs> that's what it's in reference to. No more, no more repossessing. If you build a house, it's your house, period. Go ahead. They shall build and not another inhabit. That's right. They shall not plant and another eat. They shall not plant and another eat the fruit. For as the days of a tree, so shall be the days of my people. Okay, a tree. There are trees. There are trees that is five thousand years old. Wow. Okay. Go ahead. My people and my chosen and elect shall long make use of and enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain or bring forth children for sudden terror or calamity. Okay, that's what it's talking about. There's no, going to be no abortion, no, no miscarriages. Go ahead. For they shall be the descendants of the blessed of the Lord and their offspring with them. And it shall be that before they call, I will answer. <laughs> and while they are yet speaking, I will hear. Their people, his people, he said, he said before they even call, I'm going to answer. Mm -hmm. I'm going to move while they're still speaking. Go ahead. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox, and dust shall be the serpent's food. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy now. Okay, that is a description of the new universe that God is going to create. Now, okay, watch this. Okay, it said, it said, it said that that a sinner would die. Did it not? Because he was what? Cursed. All right. I know, I know what we've been taught. Just hang on. I'm getting it out of the book. She just read it to you. Dake, Dake says that if they will not live right, they'll be executed. <laughs> I want to ask you a question. You're really down in your heart of hearts. Isn't there some folks you'd kind of like to zap? <laughs> you know, like maybe an unjust judge or, you know, maybe, you know, maybe you've got a, a child that, uh, you know, you know he didn't do it, but the mayor's boy did it. And the judge sets him free. Isn't there really some people you'd like to zap? Well, let me take you somewhere now. That is the world 
of the new universe. Well, what are we going to be doing during all this? We're supposed to rule and reign with Christ for a thousand years in the millennium. You have to rule and reign over somebody, don't you? We can't rule and reign over each other. We do that now. I told you, you're a people that has never been and never will be before. They're going to look at us. I heard Brother Copeland say this years ago. They're going to look at us in them new glorified bodies and they're going to say, there's one now. There there goes one. (laughs) Why would they do that? Well, let me show you why they would do that. Turn to John, 1 John. We've read it over and over and over, but let's look at it again. Turn to 1 John. By the way, the title of this message is What We Shall Be. We're a brand new creation altogether. 1 John 3. 1 John 3, chapter 3. Just bear with me. I know you're getting tired, but hang on. We're just not getting to the good part. Read it for me, Pastor. Just start, just start with verse 1, okay? Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. All right, first of all, he's saying, can you imagine what kind of love the Father has bestowed upon us? Go ahead. Uh, that we should be called the sons of God. That we should be called the sons of God. Well, I'm telling you, we are His children. Yes. Go ahead. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew Him not. They don't know us. They don't, they don't like us even, but they didn't know Him. They didn't want to receive Him, so they don't want to receive us. But we're special to somebody that matters. Yep. <laughs> it doesn't matter what they think of us. We know who we are and what we are. Go ahead. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Now, right now, we are the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. Okay, now I want you to stop there. Now this, we, just, we just read something right there that we read all the time. But what does it really say? He said, we know that we're the sons of God. We know that. But it does not yet appear. Amplified says it hadn't been revealed yet, I think, doesn't it? Say that. Disclosed. Disclosed. What we shall be. John wasn't sure. He said, I don't... I, see, he knew, he knew this thing was glorious. He didn't know. For, but he knew one thing. He said, we do know this. Read on. But we know that when He shall appear, when Jesus comes and we see Him, we shall be like Him. We shall be like Him. For we shall see Him as He is. For we shall see Him as He is. Now, I read that out of the Amplified, verse 2, Marjean. Beloved, we are even here and now God's children. It is not yet disclosed, made clear, what we shall be hereafter. But we know that when he comes and is manifested, we what was that word? Manifested. What was that word? Manifested. Manifested. Okay. But when, we know that when he comes and is manifested, we shall, as God's children, resemble and be like him. Okay. Or we shall see him just as he really is. Resemble. When we see him, we know this. But we don't know for sure when he when he saw it. Now when John saw him. I don't, know, I don't know for sure that he was really in his glory 
But evidently he was close to it because when John saw him in the first part of Revelation, John lived with him, walked with him, ate with him, talked to him. But when he saw him this time, bam, down he went. Hair like wool, eyes like fire, feet like brass. And he said, we'll, I don't know what we'll be, but we know that we're going to resemble him and, and we're going to be like him. If I'm like him, if I resemble him and I'm like him and I have an inheritance that is joint heirs with God, an heir of God and joint heirs with Christ <laughs> nah, nah, you're you're you ought to be on television, Ed. That's Star Wars. Well, hang on and watch this. Jesus <clears throat> literally, you might say literally, called us gods. In John in John 10, chapter 10, the Pharisees are upset with him because he says that he's the Son of God. They're all right with his works, you know, he's healing folks, and that's okay. But then he said, My Father and I are one. And I am the Son of God. That didn't fly. He said to him, Have you not read? Have you not read in the scriptures? He's, no, he says, have you not read in your law? He said, have you not read in your law? That I said, okay, the Bible, that's God. Have you not read in your law that I said, ye are gods? Now he said, if you believe that, how come you, how come you don't believe that I'm the son of God? Just look at the works. Just look at the works that I'm doing. So he said, he called, he called his people gods. He said, God said that. That brings a whole new vision to the words that he spoke when he said, he that, if, if he that believes in me, the works that I do, he shall do also. And not only these, but what? But even, how am I going to do, how are you going to do the works that He did and even greater works than God's Son did when He was here upon the earth? How, unless, (laughs) unless I have been manifested as a son of God. God. And they say, there goes one now. Yeah. I'm not done. I'm almost done. Now turn, and this, my friend, you talk about the, clen- the, <laughs> the, the clincher. Whew. Glory to God. Turn to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and we'll, we'll shut down with this. 
What's, why is all this going to happen? So we can rule and reign with Christ for a thousand years in the new heaven and earth. 1 Corinthians 6, this has to be read out of the Amplified because boy, oh boy, it's good. I've even got it wrote down here. Read it out of the Amplified. 1 through 3, Marjean, read it. 1 through 3 in the Amplified. Does any of you dare, when he has a matter of complaint against a brother, to go to law before unrighteous men, men neither upright nor right with God? Okay, now what he's doing, there's been some people, they're suing each other, and they're, ta- they're going to the, to the lost people and, and, and suing one another, and he says, what are you doing? Can't you settle this among yourselves as Christians? Don't you know that you, you've got the right to do that? Okay, read on. Yeah, let you're laying all this before the sinners instead of before the saints. Now listen very closely to this. Do you not know that the saints, the believers, will one day judge and govern the world? <laughs> Hold it right there. Do you not know that one day the saints will say how many times have you read it and didn't see it? Come on. <laughs> read that again. Do you not know that the saints, the believers, will one day judge and govern the world? Don't you know that one of these days, after the manifestation of the sons of God, that you are going to rule and govern the world? You're going to judge and govern the world? Yeah, wow. (laughs) I'm getting excited. Hallelujah. Read on. If the world itself is to be judged and ruled by you, ruled by you, are you unworthy and incompetent to try such petty matters in the smallest course of justice? <laughs> Do you not know also that we Christians are to judge the very angels and pronounce opinion between right and wrong for them? Did you hear what that said? We're going to judge the angels. We're going to rule and govern the world and judge the angels, brother. Read ahead. How much more then as to matters pertaining to this world and of this life only? <laughs> oh my goodness. We are going to be like Him, resemble Him, have authority like He's got. Have a body like he's got. Hair like, well, I'd be glad to have some hair. (laughs) Eyes like fire, feet like brass. That all represented glory. We'll walk around as glorified people, raised from the dead, the manifestation of the sons of God, and have authority and rule with Christ over the universe, the new universe. And I want to go racing? Are you kidding me? (laughs) Are you kidding me? Stand. And I said, uh, after i done some studying, I said, uh, sorry, Lord, forgive me. That's a whole lot better than a 67 Camaro. Yeah, okay, forgive me. Neighbor, 
what a promise of hope we have and what a glory remains for the church of Jesus Christ. That's the reason that Jesus Christ said, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Glory to God. Let's worship the Lord. Hallelujah. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit myoasischurch.com. Thanks for listening.